Hallelujah. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap in this place this morning. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Come on, wherever you are, celebrate the Lord. Amen. Come on, clap your hands for him because he's good. He's worthy. He's phenomenal. He's awesome. If I had 10,000 tongues, 10,000 tongues, I couldn't praise him enough. And I'm waiting for the day when we as believers learn how to bless the Lord outside of our circumstances. Because you can't let your circumstances dictate the level of your praise. You got to bless the Lord at all times. Like David said, David said, I will bless the Lord if I don't have five dollars. I will bless the Lord if my children are being disobedient. I will bless the Lord when I get promoted. I bless the Lord if I get demoted. I bless the Lord if I have plenty. I bless the Lord if I have lack. I bless the Lord if my marriage is flourishing. I bless the Lord if it's on the rocks. She said, but it's not. You right about that. <laughs> I was speaking to the congregation. <laughs> she said, I just want to clarify that. <laughs> but the Bible tells us to bless God. And then it says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Come on, if you got a praise in your mouth, just let it out right quick. Come on, send up a hallelujah. Say hallelujah, Lord. And as you send your hallelujah up, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people hallelujah I believe that when you praise him right mountains will be moved when you praise him right crooked things gonna be made straight when you praise him right your enemies become your footstool I say he can turn your enemy into your footstool just because you praising him he told one battle, one person, he said, look, y'all going to war, y'all going to war. I'll tell y'all what we're going to do. He said, you don't even have to fight in this battle. Just send the choir out there. Y'all better learn how to praise God. The new, the new artists say, my praise is a weapon. Ooh. Say, my praise is a weapon. Then one of them said, it may look like I'm surrounded. Y'all know these modern songs. It say, but I'm surrounded by you. And before I pray, I just want to lay this one scripture out. It's so beautiful. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. How many of you feel the precious Holy Ghost in this place? The, 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 the psalmist said it like this. He say, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround his people. Somebody say, God is surrounding me. Listen, y'all. It says, the angel of the Lord sets up a camp around those that fear God. And not only is he there to protect you, y'all know what those angels do? They go talk to God on your behalf. So if something is going on in your life that's not supposed to be going on, 
those angels report and they wait for the commander to give orders to obliterate anything coming at you that's not supposed to be coming. Y'all heard what I just said? So the things that you are facing, you're only facing them because God has allowed them. Amen. Nothing is happening to you that the sovereign God did not allow. So if he brought you to it, Sound like I'm around some Christians. Somebody say, neighbor, if he brought you to it, he gonna bring you through it. Huh, Jamari? He brought you through high school. He gonna bring you all the way through college too, huh? If he brought you through it, oh, he gonna bring you through. Don't even worry about that. Ashley, just get the frame. That degree gonna be on the wall. Just go ahead on and... Y'all got to learn how to praise God before he do it. She said, I'm worried about college. Buy the frame for the degree. Just buy the frame. Get the frame. Somebody say, get the frame. You don't go get a baby bed when you have the baby. You buy the baby bed when you're pregnant. People want to shout when they see the victory. You got to learn how to shout before you even see it. The Bible say if you can see it, why are you hoping for it? He say, but you hope for what you can't see. If you can see it, why are you hoping for it? Huh? He say, God say, I'm ready for you to believe me for things you haven't seen yet. Believe me for things I haven't done yet. You got people to meet you haven't even met yet. You got places to go that you've never been before. Huh? You got things to do that your family going to be like, I can't believe that's my kind of God we serve. Y'all say a prayer with me right quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe you to do exceedingly abundantly above everything we can ask or think. We believe on you today because without faith it's impossible to please you. Faith come alive. Faith come alive. Faith come alive so that I can have Everything heaven says I can have. Health, wealth, holiness, righteousness, prosperity, freedom, liberty. Everything that God said I'm supposed to have, I declare it. I decree it. I possess it. I'm walking in it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I'm healed by his stripes. I'm covered by his blood. Victory is mine. Now look what we're going to do. Say, devil, go in Jesus' name. And everything you planted. I curse it at the root. You have no right in my life 
I'm God's property. And you got to go. In Jesus' name. Like I can see devils leaving. Like I can see devils leaving. I say I can see devils leaving. I say because the Bible say at the name of Jesus. They say every knee, every demon, every principality, everything in heaven and under the earth. It say things on the earth. Everything has to bow at that name. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Gotta know your body. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All right, y'all sit down. Let me run through this word. Y'all done got all excited and fired up. They got such an anointing here. If you believe, you can take off running. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. It's an atmosphere. Listen to me, y'all. I'm not preaching I believe because I just want. Listen, I'm preaching I believe this the third week because there are some things that the people of God need to happen that haven't been happening. Amen. How many of you ready to believe God? Somebody say, I believe. You know what? Do me one favor. Y'all stand up. I want to read this text right quick. Right quick, right quick. I want to read this text right quick. Let's go to the Bible. We're going to go to Luke 8 is where we're going. It's going to get a little intense, y'all. That's okay. Y'all ready for the word this morning? I heard that sister say, I'm ready for the word. Thank God for her. Amen. I pray that the Lord feeds you and meets every need. Luke chapter 8, verse 49 to 56. <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter 8, verse 49 to 56. And it reads like this. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered, said, fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in except Peter, James, John, and the father and mother of the maid. Then they all wept and bewailed, but he said, weep not. She is dead, not dead. She's sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. Somebody say, and they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And they put, and he, and Jesus put them all out. Somebody say, sometimes you got to put people out. If you know somebody don't know God, and if you know they corner, you know they don't have a prayer life. Why you got people like that touching and agreeing with you, and you know they don't know God? Somebody say, put them out. God said, the reason I can't transfer a lot of things in these days because people allowing too many corner people to be connected to them and they have a belief but their friend is corner and they don't have the courage to put them out. Here it is, the woman daughter dead 
the man, the ruler of the synagogue, her da- his daughter died. And people laughing. Corner people can't see God. Immature people can't see God. People that's not praying can't see God. People that's not studying scripture, they won't see God. I'm not talking about see him come down. and No, I'm talking about perceive God. Seeing him from your spirit, sensing him, feeling him, knowing he's there. You can't see God when you're carnal. And some of the things you're believing for, you've been believing and building up your faith for a long time. And the people you running with, they not disciplined like you and they can't see God. I see some friendships getting ready to break. Oh, I can feel it. Because somebody's serious about this. Jesus put him out. He took her by the hand. And he called the maid saying, maid arise. And her spirit came back to her again. Oh my God. The title of today's sermon, this ain't a laughing matter. This ain't a laughing matter. You may be seated. Somebody say what I'm believing for. This ain't no laughing matter. I'm believing God to change some lineage issues. I got some generational things in my bloodline. This ain't nothing to be laughing about. This ain't nothing to be playing about. I need God to do something because if he don't do it, we might die. This ain't no laughing matter. How many of you had some people in your life and you say, I'm believing God for this. Oh, God ain't going to do that. Do you need wisdom? People have used the word wisdom out of context to talk people out of God's miracles for far too long. You don't need wisdom is good, but sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you don't need logic. Sometimes it don't have to make sense. Sometimes it may not come together and fit your degree and, and all the people you're talking to. But you know that if God don't do it, it won't get done. Walking on water is not scientifically possible. The weight of a human and water is two different masses. So Jesus was not supposed to do that. Some of the things that God is trying to do for you, not supposed to happen. Lazarus was not supposed to come back after stinking for four days. They had already wrapped him up and mummified him. The stink set in, God let him sit there because scientifically he knew on the fourth day the decay and the worm going to start getting him and it would make people question and it would make people say, no way it could happen. But that's when I can step in, right when a doctor can't do it, right when a lawyer can't do it, right when your pastor can't do it, your apostle can't do it, the man of God can't do it, right when nobody you know can do it, God steps in to defy human logic. That's why it's called a miracle. A miracle means it's supernatural. Meaning there's no medicine for it. 
meaning there's no therapy for it, meaning there's no counsel for it, meaning there's no jail for it. You can't institutionalize lust out of somebody. You can't AA alcohol addiction out of somebody. You can't, you can't throw sprinkle water on somebody's forehead for the devil to come out. There's only some things that Jesus can do. Somebody say this ain't no laughing matter. This is serious. God, I need you to move right now. This, this, I'm tired of dealing with this. This is, this, I've been dealing with this. Remember last week I told y'all, eight years of issue, 12 years, 18 years, 38 years, and then one man was born blind. And what always gets me about fate stories is the people in the, uh, the, the, the perimeter of the miracle. The people in the perimeter of the miracle that don't need the miracle, they always fascinate me. Because they told a man that was blind to be quiet. Now here you are, you're looking at all of the trees, you've been seeing sunsets and sunrises all of your life. Nothing's wrong with your eyes, but you're going to tell me to be quiet. You're not dealing with lupus like me, and you're going to tell me to be quiet. You're not dealing with high blood pressure like me, but you're going to tell me I pray too much. You, you're not dealing with the diagnosis I got last week, but you're going to tell me it don't take all of that. You, you're not the one wrestling and only sleeping two hours because you're tormented in your mind because you can't sleep. You're disturbed. You're troubled. You hear voices in your mind, but you're not going to, you're going to tell me to be quiet. And I'm the one that needs the miracle. One of the biggest history hindrances to the Christian community is the opinions of other people. You better learn how to only live on what Jesus is saying and not what humans are saying. Here's another part to that. Here's another part to that. One of the another things that hurt humans, I'm going to go a little further. When they listen to people with a position or a title that don't know God. Or that used to know God, and now you think it's the same person, but the anointing is gone. They don't pray like they used to. You think it's the same person, but now it's just a, a face with no connection. So many people thinking bad advice from people that they think know God. One man, Jesus healed. Look what happened. The man was, I think he was impotent or withered or he had some kind of physical ailment. And Jesus healed the man, but it was on a Sabbath, right? All the religious people that were walking around just fine, had no issues. They weren't hooked on drugs. They didn't have extenuating circumstances. They looked pious. They dressed apart. The robe was tight. Scriptures on the forehead. They had all of the church look. Here comes Jesus on their traditional day of thinking they know God, and he performs a miracle on a day that they thought nobody should be working. They look at Jesus and say, why you did that on a Sabbath day? He said, which one of you, if you had a sheep fall in a ditch, are you going to let them sit there till Monday morning? 
before you close. See, that's why religious people are so dangerous because they can come to you with scriptures and not the spirit. Do you want to be in the administration of the spirit? Anybody can grab a scripture, but who's walking in the spirit? Say, God, give me the ability to discern. I'm not interested in who can quote. I'm interested in who know you because we're moving into a season that's not going to be traditional. God is getting ready to do some things that you've never seen before. He's going to do it with people that don't look like you. We're going to move in areas and territories that's not churchy. And you're going to miss the move because you're going to be filtering it through what it's supposed to look like. But I hear the Lord say, heaven don't have time for that. I hear the Lord say, heaven don't have time for that. People hurting, people dying. People depressed. People got bondages, addictions they dealing with. And he say, I don't have time to be explaining myself. I need to be in the highways and hedges helping people know Jesus. We are supposed to be bringing Jesus to the world. One of the biggest tricks the devil has done is made church people aren't going to fight and slow down and deal with internal things instead of bringing the kingdom to the world. Oh, my God. Somebody say, I believe. Somebody say, what I need God to do is not a laughing matter. Now, somebody say this. I'm going to screen every contact, every friendship, Every relationship. And if I detect you blocking me from a move of God, bye-bye. Because this ain't a laughing matter. This is too serious. Listen, y'all. This is what people seem to forget. They seem to forget what's on the line. The condition of the soul and where it goes for eternity is on the line. You don't have time to keep people close to you that's hindering where you're trying to go. It's, it's too serious. I've been knowing her since high school. She don't know God, though. You know sis don't pray. Her, her, her scriptures are quotes off Facebook. Sayings. You know she don't pray. Come on now. So how you going to let that be the most influential voice in your life pertaining to spiritual matters? I love it though. I love him. That's my... Listen, y'all. This how I am. This is how I am. Everything is screened by the word. Relationship. Everything about my life, the first filter is the word. Every, my interaction with you depends on period. Somebody say, God, give me a ton of vision. Ooh. This ain't no laughing matter. Let's go to James right quick. Let's go to the book of James now. Now, this word here, we're gonna, I'm going to take a little time right here. Give me about 15 minutes in James. I'm going to let James talk to me. 
I'm going to let old James come to church with us today. You ready, James? Now, listen. See, that's why you got to know your word. Didn't they go get Samuel up? Oh, I ain't going to go there. Y'all don't believe that. Y'all don't remember they woke Samuel up. He said, why y'all woke me up? James not dead. He's sleeping. I'm going to leave James alone. I'm going to just read his book. I don't want y'all like, who was that? <laughs> you know, people scared. Louisiana. <laughs> May feel some winning. Leave me alone. I'm in the spirit. Let me enjoy myself. James 2, 14 to 26. Let's flow through that. He said, now I'm about to help you. This is where I want you to take some notes. Because this text right here is literally what can shift you, all right? Somebody say, Lord, shift me. This simple text can literally shift you, okay? James 14. So how many of you believe in God for something? She said, oh, Jesus, how long you got? <laughs> look, 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 look. Look at me right here. You ready? It's done. I'm going to wait until you let that settle in. It's done. He orchestrated all this. You know that, right? It's not by coincidence. He's sovereign. He kept you. You got so much work left to do. You need, all the things you went through was to give you some experience. Your heart is going to be so full of compassion and love for the people God used you to reach. He had to break you like that. He had, you had to suffer loss or something. You had to. Because you had to learn the human experience to be able to connect to other humans. But guess what he getting ready to do? He going to heal you. Oh, he going to heal you like it never happened. Let me move from her because I can I stay right there. So much I can see right there. There's layers to you. You're not a simple person. Amen. It's going to take some Amen. But this is where your shift going to come from. He said, what does it profit, my brother? Though a man say he have faith and he have no works, can faith save him? Y'all like my little shirt, huh? Y'all see what it say? What my shirt say? You know what James just told you, church? You can believe all you want, but just believing ain't going to change your situation. James say, you believe? They say, that's good. That, that's the start of things happening in your life. He say, but can your belief alone change your depression? Can only believing regulate your sugar levels? Can believing alone break a pornography addiction? No, you can't get saved just because you believe. Oh, I love how this apostle wrote that. Now he's going to give you an example. He say, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to him, depart in peace, be warm, be filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful for the body, what profit is that? 
They say, you got two coats in your closet and a refrigerator full of food. And somebody call you up and say, I'm cold and I'm hungry. And you say, my brother, be clothed, be full. When they go outside, that 32 degree temperature going to blister their arms and their stomach going to growl. And that's what James is saying. Just like you just speak a thing and nothing happened, so it is when you just believe and don't do something. The Lord say, how many Christians believe but not doing? What is happening is, is making it seem like God has withdrawn from the earth realm miracles, lies. His ability to deliver and perform and do all of the things you read about has not ceased. <laughs> the difference is when Jesus was walking the face of the earth and he had thousands of people pressing upon him, the woman didn't say, I believe he's going to heal me. No, she started making her way through that crowd. And she started doing something. She started moving. She started crawling. She started scratching. She started pushing people out of her way. She didn't just say, he's going to heal me. She said, no, I need to touch him. She didn't say, I just need to, I, I know he can do it. She said, oh, no. The statement out of her mouth was, if I touch his clothes, I will be made whole. She didn't say, Jesus, come over here. In fact, he didn't even know what was getting ready to come out of him. He didn't even know. There's so many records of miracles that Jesus performed that wasn't even on his schedule for the day. The faith and the works that lived in the people around him pulled things out of him that he wasn't even planning on doing that day. <laughs> For instance, he was on his way to heal somebody's child. <laughs> i give you one better than that. <laughs> I'm going to show you how strong faith with works is. I'm going to show you how powerful this is. <laughs> the woman walked up to Jesus. The scriptures say she was a Syrophoenician by nature. She wasn't a Jew. A Jew. The scriptures call her a dog. She wasn't even close to living a righteous life. She wasn't even interested in living a righteous life. How is it that people that don't know God think out the principle of faith and work to get things from God? The woman didn't even know Jesus. Now, look at what happened. This is, this is doctrine. Jesus and God having a conversation before he come to the earth. And the father says, okay, you going down there. But I'm only sending you to the house of Israel. After your ministry is complete, after three years, you're going to anoint your apostles. I'm going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. And they're going to take this into the Gentile world. That was the agreement, right? So he came down there. And when that woman walked up to him, the woman wasn't living clean. She wasn't living holy. She wasn't even close. The Bible declared she was a dog. Y'all know how dogs are. Lay with anything. Don't even have to be the same breed long as it's not them. Okay. That's how she was living. But she heard Jesus was passing by and she ran and just fell at his feet and she said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Guess what he did?
He didn't even answer. Check his schedule. He remember. Oh no. This well, you a Gentile. Look at your clothes. I see how you dressing. By my discernment, I see you've been with all kind of we're gonna get to y'all in about three years. About three years, Paul gonna come through there, Peter gonna roll up, boom, we gonna raise up preachers, they gonna come over there. Jesus just relaxing. Praying, she praying, didn't even get an answer. See, faith don't stop when you don't hear something. Faith don't wait till they get everything right. Because when it's not a laughing matter, if you got an urgent matter, you don't even care how you've been living. You just want God to fix this situation. The devil tricks you to make you think you got to get everything right to get something done. You keep working on it. But don't stop believing because the situation you're in can take you out while you waiting on getting everything right. Got to have Bible on that because that's a little different than what people think. <laughs> Jesus didn't even answer the woman. The woman just kept talking. She asked again. She said, Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter is grievously vexed with her devil. See, when it's really urgent to you, when, when, when it's really serious, <laughs> see, you will shut your phone off if it's serious. You, 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 will, you will put a do not disturb sign on your life if it's serious. You'll block yourself off of Instagram if it's really serious. See, some of you saying it's serious, but it's not gotten to the point yet where you're making the necessary adjustments to match the energy of what you're facing. When it really gets serious, you start making some lifestyle changes. That's what James say. You got to believe, but you're not changing nothing you're doing. You're still scrolling for 12 hours out of the day. You're gossiping for three hours. It must not be that big of an issue yet. You just like talking about it. It, it, it you must not be ready to get delivered just yet because nothing about your habits changing. So don't tell God, God, I want you to move and you're not moving some things. God, I want you to change it. What will you change? The woman say, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Jesus said this right here. Then look what he say. I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now she wearing on him a little bit. <laughs> See, you got to keep praying until you hear something. <laughs> See, most people quit praying when they don't hear nothing. Man, this is serious. The woman said, okay, I asked you one time and you ignored me. I asked you again and at least I got a response. You say, Jesus. Jesus say, I have an agreement. I'm not supposed to help Gentiles right now. But now she done plucked on that compassion. And she asked again, now she just collapsed. She said, okay, this is too serious of a situation. She said, Jesus, my daughter is vexed with this devil. Jesus then answered, this was her third prayer. And now she got the answer. She, look what she said. Jesus said, he said, woman, 
It's not fit to take the bread that belongs to children and give it to a dog. Woman, look how you living. How you even got the courage to approach me? You never saw me sin one time. You see how clean I live. How is it that you were just shackling? You were just smoking? You were, how is it that you found enough courage to come in my presence? See, faith will not stop until they get an answer. Faith don't have rationale. The church world sits there and let condemnation keep it from Jesus. But when it gets desperate enough, when it gets serious enough, you're not going to let anything you're going through keep you from getting to Jesus. Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. He said, your faith wouldn't take no for an answer. Somebody felt that. Jesus said, the Bible says, this is how it's recorded. Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. See, faith is visible. Uh Uh-oh. What you mean, preacher? If you really have faith, it will show in your actions. You can see faith. Because Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. I have not seen this type of faith even in Israel. Oh, but that's so sad right there. People that thought they knew God didn't even have the tenacity to keep on believing. It doesn't matter how long you've been knowing God. That don't mean you have faith. Faith is about what are you doing to prove you believe God don't do it. Jesus, I've been walking around Israel one, two, three years. I haven't seen an Israelite that have the Torah, the word, the Pentateuch. They got all of Moses writing in law. They gather in the synagogue every Sunday. And not one of them had the type of faith that's in you. And they would tell me not to help you because they don't think you live as good as them. In fact, they started walking around. What kind of master you got? He eat at sinner's house. He's a wine bibber. Then they, one time he held a woman, they said, he don't know what kind of woman that is? She just said, listen, listen. Because you say you see, your sin remains. Because you think you know God and you don't have enough humility just to get low at one hint of breaking his word. At the, see, when you really know God, your heart is so soft. If you think you heard him, you're going to repent. Help our hearts, God. Jesus said, I haven't seen nobody like this in Israel. All of these scholars and rulers and lawyers and doctors of the law. He said, nobody is broken like that before me. That's why. Listen, y'all. That's why the new covenant is about the heart posture, not head knowledge. (laughs) Y'all heard what I just said? 
The new covenant is about heart posture. When your heart is broken, whosoever call on the name of the Lord, if you get humble enough, if you get desperate enough, if you get low enough, it has nothing to do with your background, but more to do with how desperate are you for God? He said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. But don't filter God through your head knowledge. Oh, my God. I think y'all got the point of that. I'm almost finished. I think y'all got the point of that. I think y'all got the point of that. What's the point of that? You can say you have faith, but faith is visible. What do you mean, preacher? If you got faith, you're going to do like this woman right there. What she said, I got to get to the house of God because God have a word for me. That's called faith right there. See, that's, that's what faith look like. See, God know the difference. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but I never see them. But this woman in her heart said, I got to get to Jesus. There she is. I hear the Holy Ghost say, tell the church, well, y'all ain't tricking me. God said, I ain't no dummy. He said, I know if your heart is after me or not. I can see it in your energy. I can feel it in your body language. Oh, if you need every note right, every song right, every hit of the drum right for you to praise, you ain't going through enough. See, you when you really, really love God, you turn in the parking lot ready to praise him. You turn in blessing him because if it had not been for the Lord on my side. What about that angel that got in front of Marina car when she got in that accident? Her life was supposed to be over. That angel say, "Uh uh-uh. That's all it was. That's literally all it was. It wasn't because she was so quick with the steering wheel. She was so smart. It was just that angel said, death behave, not yet. That's literally all it was. Check the records of I-10 about a week or two ago. Cars was flipping and turning and blowing up on I-10. You telling me the angel of God is not encamped around his people? You didn't survive the wreck because you're so quick with the steering wheel. In fact, you didn't even see it coming. But if she would have died, the angel that's charged to her would have got fired. Because God said it's not for her to end yet. So that angel, y'all, he employs them. The Bible say these angels are ministering, ministering spirits sent forth to watch out for those that are heirs of salvation. Y'all literally don't think an angel can get fired? The Bible said that there was some that lost their first estate. I said, okay, I didn't create you to, to, to battle me. I didn't create you to war. I didn't create you to, no, you out of here. That's not what I created you for. I didn't create you for a challenge. So angels don't have feedback when it comes to watching over you. They're on assignment. I say, they're on assignment. When she was hesitating whether she should wait, that angel said, don't move. Y'all 
Y'all think the voice is just like random, arbitrary? I heard somebody say something. No, that angel said, don't move. Because the angel saw the cars coming, and the angel said, God's got a blessing for you. Don't move. Paul said, we work together with heaven. We co-laborers with God. When I'm working, the angel's working with me. How special we are. Somebody say I'm special. Somebody say I matter. Somebody say I might not matter to you, but I matter to God. Somebody say I matter so much. He gave his only begotten son. And if I was the only one to be saved, he still did it just for me. I matter. You may not matter to somebody else, but you show matter to God. You want to know how much you matter? He said, it's impossible to live in this world without being offended. He said, but woe unto the man that brings the offense. He said, because it's better for you to have a millstone on your neck and you drop to the bottom of the sea than to offend the least of my little ones. He's talking about the one that just comes into the kingdom is that important. Tell me, I don't matter. I got angels watching out for me. Oh, my God. Even so, faith, if it have not worked, is what? I say, y'all, come on, y'all help me. Verse 17, John 2. <laughs> Even so, faith, if it have not worked, is what? Somebody say this. You're not getting what you want? Because you ain't doing nothing. Do something. <laughs> See how simple that is? Somebody say, do something. You want that depression off of you? Do something. What you mean? Find that scripture in Ephesians when Paul said it like this. Singing and making melody in your heart. Singing. Huh? Find you a scripture there. Find you some music to start singing them chains off. And then you're going to start hearing. Put that song on what Tasha say. I hear the chains falling. You got to do something. You can't just go in your house, put dark curtains over your window, Close all, turn the lights off, and feel sorry for yourself. No, you got to do something. You got to get up and grab that blind and say, hold on, we getting some sunshine in this house today. We, we, we going to see some sunshine around here. And we, we, we see, listen, y'all. You know that soul that live on the inside of you? Let me teach you something about that soul. It could be commanded. The psalmist say, I command my soul to bless the Lord. What that mean? But your soul, that's where your emotions live. Because that's the real you, that's your intellect. And so sometimes your soul can be affected by what you're looking at, your circumstances. Sometimes it can weigh on you. And sometimes your soul may just want to crawl up like David say, if I had wings like a dove, I'd just fly away. I'd just turn off my phone. <laughs> I don't want nobody to talk to me. I don't want no more friends. Leave me alone. No, you got to tell your soul, listen here. 
get in that mirror and say, okay, so look, look, look. First thing you got to do is what the Bible say. What you sad for? Hasn't God been good to you? Where, where you slept last night with your little spa cell? <laughs> do you want somebody to feel sorry for you? And you slept on a bed last night. You just ate a good meal. You got clothes on your back, shoes on your feet. Sometimes you got to look in that, mirror, in that mirror and say, today is the last day you're going to throw yourself a pity party. Get yourself together. You're better than that. God loves you. God has a future for you. He got destiny for you. Stop waiting till you get to church to hear a word. Sometimes you got to preach a word to your own self. I can hear David. I'm summoning David. David, what you say? David say, I can encourage myself in the Lord. David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. David said, I encourage myself. I ain't waiting for you to encourage me. I'm encouraging myself. If you don't call and check on me ever again, I got all the calling I check and I need. Where's that? It's on the inside of me. It's on the inside of him. Tell yourself like the Bible say, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. The scripture said it like this, let the weak, let the weak, let the weak. And when your soul start trying to say, oh, you're not strong. Look at what you're going through. You say, oh, you're going to be strong today. You're going to smile real big. Look, get your Kool-Aid smile. Say, you're going to smile. You ain't got nothing to complain about. You have you not seen in the third world country. They would trade their life with you today. Enter into his course with thanksgiving. It's time out for us walking around, waiting till God give us all these wonderful blessings before we bless him. Hasn't he been good to you? Yes. Come on, give him a hand clap. Say, Lord, I bless you. Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. You know why? Because what you went through have some people in Pineville. Y'all know what's in Pineville, huh? There's people in Pineville that was just like you. You know what's the difference? God kept you. When you felt like your mind was getting ready to explode because you know some word, that word came and said, calm it down, it's going to be okay. I got you. Calm it down a little bit. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to survive. You're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. It's not as bad as it seems. You're going to love again. You're going to get married again. You're going to run a business again. You lost that job, but I got another one coming. I said, you lost that job, but I got another one coming. You got evicted, but I got another apartment on the way. You went through a foreclosure, but I got another one coming. And remember what he told Joe. He said, your latter end is going to be greater than your beginning. You never lose something with God and don't get back better. Never. Read the Bible. Sometimes a loss is a removal. Your soul said it was a loss, but in the spirit realm, it was a removal. Somebody say, prove that. But the Bible says it like this. If you bearing fruit, 
he purges you or removes some things out of your life so that you can bear forth more fruit. How Monique, sometimes we go through losses, but he gives us back more. He's the God of increase. Mm-hmm. Somebody say, Lord, I thank you. I didn't even know I felt like preaching like that today. Something about that word, huh? What you say, sir? Have your way. Mm-hmm. Let me finish up in James right quick. Y'all get y'all little pen and paper because I'm going to go back to my first text and I'm going to leave y'all some little things to take. So get y'all notepad, whatever you use to take notes because I want you to take that with you. Let me read this last part. Even so faith, if it have not works, is dead, being alone. He say, yes, a man may say, he have faith. Let me read that because that's good right now. Verse 18, y'all ready? Yeah, a man may say, thou hast faith, then I have works. Look what he say. Show me your faith without your works, you know what they're saying? Show me your faith. He said, I'm looking at a Christian life that say they trust Jesus, but I don't see no victory. I'm looking at a believer that's saying they know the Lord, but I don't see no change. I I I don't see the footprints of Jesus. I don't see no trace of him. You cannot encounter the real Jesus and stay the same way. It's literally not even spiritually, scientifically, biologically possible. Away with the Christians that say they know Jesus, but there's no trace of Jesus in their life. How can you say you know Jesus and no chains are being broken? No healing taking place. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that say they know me. If you say you know me, why are you always sick? And I told you. See, I'm not scared of this 2021 faithless generation. I'm going to preach that word. This 2021 has masqueraded their unbelief with wisdom. They call it wisdom, but it's really a lack of faith. Did you say these signs or this proof or this evidence is going to follow them that know me? Number one, they're going to speak in a new tongue. Meaning I'm going to put a heavenly language on the inside of them, outside of their original language they were born speaking, if you know me. He said, number two, you're going to be able to lay to cast devils out. How you say you know Jesus and the devil talk to you more than God? (laughs) You spend more time depressed than full of joy. Come on, church, let us stop saying, say this, I thought I knew Jesus. 
Because there's no way Jesus is going to take possession of you and leave you depressed. There's no way Jesus is going to take possession of you and leave you broke. There's no way Jesus is going to take possession of you and leave your life jacked up. He said, I didn't come for you to stay broke and depressed. He said, but the reason I came was for you to have life and to have it in its abundant form. He said, if you're not going to walk in an abundant life, stop saying you know me. Ooh. He said, if you're not going to walk how I command you to walk, stop saying you know me. Because you telling people you know me, but you walk in the work sad every day. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I need people that's going to walk in the work full of joy, even when they know the boss don't like them. When you love Jesus, this world can't break you. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I've overcome this world. Everything that this world throws at you, I conquered it already. He said, when I went to hell, I took the keys. Jesus said, I dismantled. All the power of the enemy over your life. Mm-hmm. He said, stop saying you know me, but you don't reflect it. He said, these signs shall follow them that know me. If a relative gets sick, they can lay hands on them and cause them to recover. The power of the Holy Ghost has not ceased. That's a line doctrine. We're not in an era of cessation, meaning the power of God has ceased. There's no apostles. There's no prophets. Where y'all get that from? That is a trick of the enemy to shut heaven up. I don't want to live under a broken heaven. I want to live under open heaven. That every time I need something, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Them doctrines, all they doing is closing the heavens up over your life. He just said, I came. And guess what? He's not exclusive to black people. You know, they got people like that right now. They're trying to put our pigment like it's so special. Like we just exclusive to God. Listen. Learn your Bible. He says, in Christ, there is no race. There is no Jew. There's no Greek. There's no Gentile. That means there is no race preference in the kingdom. It says God is a kingdom. He's not a Hebrew Israelite. He's not a black man. He's not a white man. He's a spirit. We got to stop because what we do is when we do all of this, 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 this foolishness and this nonsense, but then it's like we trying to restrict heaven to a special people. Listen, let me give you some revelation. Now I'm going into a different room right quick and I'm going to come back to my pastor level. I'm going to come right back. <laughs> but I got to step up right quick because I need to speak some. See, this is what happens, y'all. This is what happens. Whenever people come, and see, it's a spirit. 
Now I see it. I have to wait for it. There was a spirit of elitism that rested on the Jewish people. And Peter grabbed it. It fell on him. It didn't possess him, but it was part of his character. And it was influencing them, and it made them feel like God was exclusive to them. And that spirit is in the church world today. Because you got one sect of people that say, I have the truth. And then another sect of people say, God is over here. And we forget about what Jesus said. He said, when somebody tells you the kingdom is over here, or the kingdom is over there, he said, go not after them. When anybody is trying to sell you that they have absolute truth and the kingdom is only with them, he said, go not after them. He said, because the kingdom is in you. He said, don't, he, Jesus said this, I'm not about to let no sect of people confine me to just them. I guess I better come back in my pastor lane. sweat off my head. Let me act like a pastor. Because that was from something else. That's okay. Y'all, some of y'all know where that's coming from. That's okay. Listen. Let us not think for one minute that we can restrict Jesus to people that only Believe everything just like us. I have to say that again. I have to say that again. Let us not ever become a ministry that think that Jesus can only be with us. They're going to have people that love Jesus that don't look like you. Let me go to, let me stay right here for a minute. Look. Jesus had his original 12, right? Y'all catch this. He had his original 12 in his, his hand-picked 12. Well, he told them these words. He said, I give you power to do this and do that. And they started doing it. Well, one day, two of them or so, they was out there. And they looked. Guess what they saw? They saw somebody casting out a devil that wasn't in a circle. It shook them. It shook them so much they ran back to Jesus and said, Lord, we saw one over there casting out a They didn't even know his name. They just said, we saw one. They didn't look like us. They didn't walk like us. They didn't dress like us. But they did have to admit they cast it out of devil. And Jesus said, nobody can cast out a devil except I gave them the ability to do it. We didn't see you give them the power. That's not your business. We, we didn't see that when, when you gave him that ability. See, that's what you get. But he was trying to 
break that spirit off of them from thinking that they can only keep Jesus in their circle. He was trying to, he was like, y'all going to be great. Your ministry is going to be beautiful. It's going to flourish. But there's going to be others that don't look like you, that don't praise like you, that don't dress like you, that they don't talk like you. They're not going to preach like Pastor LJ. They're not going to have church set up like we do. A lot of the way we set up modern church is because of the customs and things we've been taught. Every culture may not have it like that. But we can't go and, and, and meet new people and the first thing we do is filter them based on what we think. They say, Jesus, we told them to be quiet. The audacity. You know what hurt my heart about them? First, I realized that they were immature. (laughs) But what hurt me was, how can you not have compassion that a human being was possessed by a devil? You cared so much more about looking like this great spiritual leader, and you didn't even take the time to even cry and weep and join in and help them cast that devil out. What kind of human being are you where you're more concerned about them doing it like you than somebody getting free? Jesus was telling them, you're not ready for ministry, because if you're not... In ministry, you got to be more worried about the soul. It hurt me when I read that. I'm like, here it was, a human got free from a demon, and all they could think about was telling them to be quiet because they didn't go into church with them? I say, man, what kind of people is that? That's how a church world is today. We cast the devil out. Yeah, but you don't go over here. What you mean? Go ask this person that was bound with this addiction. Do they care where they got free at? Are you going to go to Union Hall and get free? Man, these, when you want Jesus, you don't care if it looks like we're in a mobile home. You care about, can I feel the spirit in that place? It looked like a mobile home from 1980, but the Holy Ghost is in this place. to get you some discernment. <laughs> we walking like how Jesus was born. He wasn't born in a five-star hotel. He wasn't born in a fancy hospital. He was born in a stable, in a manger, with animal poo one side, little cheap, raggedy clothes wrapping him up. The king of the world was started with humble beginnings. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Y'all, I'm trying to learn how to preach more calm. I'm trying to learn that I be thinking. I'm like, man, I be getting to it, and I be forgetting sometimes, and I get rolling, and I be trying to stay composed. But, man, it's just, it's just in me, y'all. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just, y'all forgive me. I, li- I literally be trying to stay calm, but. Just when I get in them stories and I, and I see what's going on, I'll just be like, how are you going to be, you, like you didn't even realize somebody got free from a demon? Like, what kind of, like what's wrong with you? How you call yourself a minister and all you care about is you got to do it how I do it? 